You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This episode is presented by the Choctaw Nation. The Choctaw people have a rich history and a bright future. At the Choctaw Cultural Center, you can take part in a story 14,000 years in the making. Stroll through our immersive exhibits portraying Choctaw life from the moment our ancestors emerged from the Nani Wayhai in Mississippian homelands to the Trail of Tears, where we lost so many loved ones, and finally to the modern-day tribe making a positive impact on local communities throughout southeastern Oklahoma. Try your hand at our social dancing and stickball and learn more about our vibrant culture through demonstrations, workshops, and classes. The kids will have a blast in our Luxie Activity Center. The Choctaw Cultural Center is more than a museum. It's a living, breathing experience. Visit ChoctawCulturalCenter.com to plan your visit. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, your host, back with another episode. Today, we are down at the Chickasaw Cultural Center to, well, to learn a lot. Um, I've never been down here before, so I'm super excited to dive in uh, to the history and just talk about what this place is, why it's important, and why you should come visit. It is a lot bigger campus than I expected. I'm really excited just to learn about it. Um, so please, let's introduce our guest today, uh, Fran. Uh, sorry, please let's introduce our guest today, Fran Parchcorn, who is the executive officer of the Chickasaw Cultural Center. Gosh, I can't get my words out today. Fran, thank you so much for inviting me down here. Thank you for coming down to our beautiful campus today. Yeah, so uh, it's, I mean, for, let's start with that. I just said size. So how, how many acres do you have down here? Uh, we are uh, 184 acres okay. so total. Quite the operation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we have 118,000 square feet of indoor space. So, and we have a lot of outdoor natural spaces that are um, really just beautiful where you can just come and sit down and just yeah. look at everything. So before we dive into most of the history and the story uh, of, the, of this place, tell me about yourself. Where were you born and raised? And, and then we'll how do you get into how it is that you get to start working here. Okay. Um, I'm originally from the Ada area. I went to school at Stonewall. 
uh, in college at East Central State University. So I've always been around this area. I've moved off to other areas, but I always came back to the Chickasaw Nation. Um, you always, I was raised to share our rich history and culture you know, with the world. That's the way I was raised. So I always knew I would come back someday. Mm-hmm. What uh, What was kind of the dream at a young age? What did you want to be? What did you want to do when you grew up? Oh, wow. I wanted to be a journalist, but a part of journalism is sharing information. And the older I got, the our history and culture is just so rich. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a mainstay uh part of my life it's who I am so this uh, my mantra all throughout school was especially college was to uh, promote cultural well well sorry was to promote cultural wellness with the world of our native peoples everywhere mm-hmm. yeah yeah so when you went to East Central was that to kind of was was your degree tailored around journalism and and or was it towards um, it's not it's not journalism anymore per mm-hmm. se it's more communications okay yeah, mass communications yeah. it's and a lot of people I mean I, I was a college athlete and a lot of people in my kind of college athlete kind of circle would all joke about people who did communications because they thought it was easy it's really not it's, it's very not, hard it's not easy and at it all. is also one of the most valuable degrees you can have because I know <laughs> probably 60% of the people I know who I graduate graduated with aren't doing something that they have a degree for and communication is something you use every day so yes so my degree was in mass communications and it wasn't strictly tailored around what I really wanted to do, but I made it work. Yeah. Uh, educating others about who we are. This was a one of the best ways to do that, using mass media tools, different tools in mass communication. Yeah. So from an early age then, you kind of had this kind of just self-belief and self-interest in the, you know, the Chickasaw Nation's culture and its history and its rich history and kind of wanted to use journalism to kind of push that and, and communicate that with everybody else and, and push that out there. Where does that come from? Is that, were you, was family very involved growing up? And because you don't, I don't, unless you're kind of around it, it's not something you generally go to. Did you read a lot as a kid? Do you see a lot of books? Like, how, how do we get to that to start before we think, you know, I'm going to push that? Where does that history and culture and love for that come in first? My family was extremely traditional. Okay. Uh, usually and traditionally, when you're raised like that, you don't you don't deviate from that. Like okay. you don't leave the area. You don't, you know, you're in that area all your life. But um, my daddy always wanted me to know and experience different things. He made sure that I was uh, well-schooled and able to go to different museums that was outside of our comfort zone, mm-hmm. I should say, um, to learn, to always learn other things, other ways, other cultures. And uh, when you learn about other cultures and accept other cultures, Mm -hmm. it makes your culture even stronger. It makes you more stronger in your your 
in your, uh, I don't know, it makes you more stronger and uh, I don't know. Just in your, I I just think, I think you're right. Like I, I, I think a lot of people should should rewind that 30 seconds and listen to that again, because a lot of people don't, sadly, we don't do that, right? We live in our bubble. We see things the only way we've seen things. Our parents grew up the way they grew up and that's how we should grow up. Like what you just experienced, what you just, we just said is what everybody should experience. Like the amount of value that you get out of seeing other cultures. And like you said, it reinforces the fact that you love where you are, where you are and that you guys are on the right path and doing the right thing because you see how someone else does it. Okay. I like how they do it. But maybe we can use a little bit of that and but put it with what we have and make it stronger. Whatever it is, just the lesson of going out and in and experiencing broader things and the fact that your parents had the awareness to do that for you is super valuable. And I'm sure you're extremely grateful for it as well. Oh yes, yes. It it does make you more stronger in your convictions mm-hmm. on how you uh portray who you are to others because uh just because I was exposed to a lot of different cultures uh, as a kid growing up in grade school, um, uh, it made me see even then. I didn't realize it back then till later, but uh, it I actually knew that people need to learn about us more too as well. Yeah. So the cultural centers being in the works for well over more than than 30 years. Um, They used our elders for information and input into this whole center. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's not something that you just can't just put it together in, you know, in a matter of months, right? It's something that takes a lot of time and and history and and research. But before we dive into that, because I'm sure we can spend plenty of time talking about that, I want to talk a little bit about for people who who might not know, like myself, growing you know not growing up here, but even other Oklahomans listening might not be aware of. You, you know, you, you mentioned you grew up very traditional in a traditional family. What does that look like when that's traditionally Chickasaw Nation, traditionally Native people? How does that look for people listening who might not understand what that's like? Because for them, they might say traditional. Oh, I went to church every Wednesday, Sunday, and that was mine, or however you see, or traditional. They might. Eat, Sunday, eat dinner every Sunday, you know, to the family. What does that look like for you guys growing up? Our, our family was very traditional because they used the uh, Chickasaw language in my house. Yeah. Uh, that's actually all I knew until I went to school. Uh, the way my age fell, I actually started what they called summer school at age three and a half. And four was Head Start, five was kindergarten, of course. But Mm -hmm. by the time I got to kindergarten, I was losing some of that native language. But it it stayed with me throughout the years to the point to where I couldn't speak it in conversation, but I could understand Mm -hmm. the elders around me, what they were saying. I could tell you what they were talking about or... And uh, just our large gatherings, our our families were extremely tight, mm-hmm. extremely, and uh, that's how they kept that language. Uh, the language is a is a huge part of 
being part of a traditional Chickasaw family, mm-hmm. other than being very spiritual um, in their beliefs. Yeah. So the but, belief system is uh, it's it's just a lot more spiritual. Yeah. It's very, I mean, everything you're describing, just the the word that came to mind for me was just strong. It's yes. Very strong, very united, very, you know, centered around exactly what we believe in. And, you know, that, that by reinforcing that and doing the things that you do and keeping the language and talking to the elders and valuing information, like it's, there's a lot of lessons that we should be learning from that going forward. Yes. So in school, you're at ECU, you graduate, take us there from, do you come back to Ada after you graduate and then go straight to work for the Chickasaw Nation or do you do something else first? Yes, I was away for a while and then I came back to Ada. I had already started a family actually and then came back to the Chickasaw Nation Mm -hmm. and worked in the health systems And what people don't realize is that the uh, traditional Chickasaw families are used to gathering, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, from the 1700s when we had our council houses um, where our people gathered to Mm -hmm. today where they gather in the churches. uh, Back in the... 70s, 80s, we had our our health systems, our Indian Health Service, where that was where you saw long-lost family members or cousins or neighbors and, and uh, doctor's visits that lasted, you know, maybe throughout the day or whatever, but you were all there. That's where you congregated at, it seemed like, and and. I w- was working there, and that's how I saw it, was a gathering place. And uh, when this cultural center was culminating in the planning stages all these years, and then finally it broke, they broke ground, and it was building and everything. And um my dad actually pulled me aside and said that that is where he wanted me and my daughter to both work so that we could share information about ourselves, you know, in a right and respectful way. So, Yeah. I'm, is, is dad still around? Okay. I'm sure he's super proud. Because that is really cool <laughs> to be where you are today, right? To have that, to remember that oh, conversation, yeah. and yeah, to be where yeah. you are today, you know, like, you're not just working here, right? <laughs> the executive officer, it's you know, it's kind of pretty important. So that's really neat that you have that. And and did your daughter still here? Yes, she okay. is. She works in the uh, division of history and culture, and they they work here every single day on our campus. Yeah, so she's. Uh, she works in the cultural resources area. That's really cool. Yeah, that is, um, yeah, I'm sure it's super proud and something for you to be proud of as well. Like that's, you know, <laughs> starting here and coming and being, you know, continuing to work towards that and being here every day and, and, and what, the, what goes into that. So when this is kind of in the planning, you know, and you kind of, you're kind of getting excited about it and you hear about it, how long was that planning phase before they broke ground? 
was it seven years, six years? I think it was seven, almost seven years. Yeah. It's a lot to get From excited about. From the time about. they broke ground to when we actually opened the doors. Yeah. And then were you in, when do you start being involved? Do you, are you involved when? I came to work for the, uh, the Department of Culture and Humanities in mm-hmm. 2008. Okay. Two years prior to when we opened the doors here. So I can say that there's a handful of us that are still here from that time. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, when, you, when you're out here prior to opening and you are the ones doing everything from laying the sod to planting, planting plants and flowers, and uh, you are totally invested in this place. Yeah. Yeah, you get to see everything, right? You get to see... And even just coming out here, even just before it opens for the day, I'm sure it's super nice as well, just kind of being peaceful and having some time to yourself and wandering around. And that's super just time to ourselves, I think, is more important as we go, go on. But that this is not a bad place to do it, that's for sure. Just come and hang out. So with being out here, playing sod, being involved and, and kind of being hired in the cultural and humanities side of it. What was that role? What was your job in, in, entailing during that time? And what, what, what kind of stuff do you look for, research? You know, are you collecting we, stuff? Um, my first job for the cultural center was as a theater assistant. Okay. And um, our main focus was the theater to provide programming Native American programming um, for the theater, which is a task in itself because you're trying to establish relationships with these film distribution companies and a lot of first American films are made by independent filmmakers. They're not, they're, a lot of them are not picked up mm. by major film studios. Mm-hmm. For distribution, so we had to learn how to navigate the film industry uh, through by way of reaching out to independent filmmakers, networking, going to film festivals on our own, you know, and doing some heavy-duty research, you know, and getting to know folks. And I'm I'm happy to say I know a lot of folks in the film industry yeah. today. So to that point then, I'm sure you're super happy with just how it's progressed and not just for the nation, but across the state. It's, film is now a thing in Oklahoma, right? Yes. Yeah, in the, in the theater. But then I'm still thinking, how can we, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not just the theater that makes this place work. It's, it's the tours, it's the special events, it's the visitor services, it's the cafe, it's my, I'm starting to see all this, uh, that we can't draw people into the theater without the help of people coming in for tours that are booked for tours. So I'm starting to see how the whole center connects. Yeah. And so throughout the years, I've been blessed to be able to work in different departments like visitor services and management and and I became a director of event operations which involves the theater special events and cafe mm-hmm. and then now I'm executive officer which oversees the whole 
operations of the cultural center, and that includes everything from mm-hmm. construction to maintenance to horticulture. So yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. <laughs> I appreciate this. your time. There's a lot of meetings, and I know you're super busy. <laughs> uh, and and just kind of learning as you go along, right? Since two thousand eight, the things that like I said, the d- different departments that you've been in, you know everything that's going on. You learn everything, and and you know you're taking bits from each one, which obviously kind of you know more tools in your belt to help you kind of get to where you're at today. And you know you know you're having these conversations with other departments, and you know what to talk about because you've worked in the jobs that they're working in, right? You know you yes. sign those seats, which helps a lot in a leadership role and positions, and just kind of. Being on, you know, being able to connect with everyone that's that works here. There's nothing worse than having someone that's come in that has never seen the building, and you know, and now they're pointing at a spreadsheet and telling you you should do this, you should do that, right? It's exactly. Totally exactly. So. I understand what they're all going through right now. So on a yeah. on a daily basis. So yeah. Do you have a from from those time of working? Do you have a favorite department that you worked in? Well, the theater is always going to be near and dear to me sure. because that's where I started. Um, that's I went to school in mass communications to do the audio and video yeah. work. So that's always going to be near and dear to me. But uh, the most important thing really to me is how to use all that mm-hmm. to connect with the world. And, yeah. and we see patrons here on a daily basis from anywhere, any point in the world. So we are, we're truly blessed here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so let's dive into all that because essentially it's storytelling, isn't it? And and how do we tell, you know, the nation's story and the history and the culture of, uh, uh, you know, of your ancestors and everything that you grew up knowing and being told and listening to? How do you tell that story here then? And there's so many different ways that you tell that story. So we've got plenty of time. You can dive in and talk about this as much as possible. Like how, how do you go about telling the story and, and bringing people down here to see this facility you guys have? Okay. Well, I will say that we do have some very creative, integrative programming uh, that the Cultural Center shares the history and culture. We share that through our demonstrations. Um, We have some high technology exhibits going on and galleries, art galleries, um, our retail stores that promote our first American artists. Um, We have so many different facets here and outlets here to share mm-hmm. our history and culture through different 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 events and exhibits that that uh it's it's a lot it's a lot for uh when a person here leaves here uh our main goal is for that person to be culturally enriched mm-hmm. and want to return what events do we have coming up this summer Oh, wow. We are getting ready for our big summer festival. Okay. It's called Tumpali Festival. Tumpali means summer in Chickasaw. Mm-hmm. It is a, you, you should be seeing commercials on it pretty soon. Okay. It's a major event. It's one of our signature events, and we will have um, tons of programming for it. Outside, it'll be outside and inside. Uh, we will have all kinds of demonstrations and giveaways. Every department here takes part in it. Uh, our horticulture department is extremely popular because they give away plants, 
all kinds of plants and herbs and um, we have movies going on. It's a free event for all. We have a lot of giveaways. Uh, we have stomp dancing exhibitions. We have specials in our cafe. How long is the we, How long is the summer festival on for? It's just one day. Oh, it's just one day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a yeah. jam packed day. It'll be a jam packed day full of activities and giveaways, yeah. and there will be a lot of folks here. Okay, what day is that? June the 10th. June 10th, so soon. Saturday, June the 10th. Okay, great. And is there, what, do people 9 till 7? Oh, our hours are 10 to 5, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah, and that for you guys is kind of like your Super Bowl for the year then? It's one of them. We have several throughout the year. Okay. We have, uh, our events start back in the spring Mm -hmm. during the spring break with our Three Sisters Festival. It's held every year during Oklahoma spring break. And we have a lot of people during that week. That's a week-long celebration uh, that celebrates the the renewal of our year uh, with spring and planting of the Three Sisters, which are known to us as the corn, beans, and squash. Okay. and how that planting method shows a system of support, and it's similar to the way that we believe mm-hmm. in ourselves, our our structure, um, to have another successful year. Mm-hmm. It's always a successful event, um, and uh, this year we happen to have the uh, Hobopsachi Native Film Festival during that time. It was a, it's a major signature event that's usually held in November, but was put off due to the pandemic through to okay. this yeah. this year. So, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. We have a um, Native Fashion Show coming up in July. Uh, we have uh, the gospel singing that will be held in September. We have our Native American Heritage Day, which is major, major mm-hmm. in November. That's held the first weekend in November during Native American Heritage Month. And then our Christmas celebration in December. These are all major events that will bring in a thousand to two thousand people. Yeah. So. That's yeah, yeah you're, there's always something next, right? You're, yeah, and the, the way the timelines work, they overlap. So I'm sure there's a lot of th- a lot of planning, a lot of things to do. Um, one of the things I noticed coming in, uh, me and Dana noticed it because it was the smell of how good the cafe. <laughs> something was cooking in the cafe. It smelled fantastic. Uh, if the cafe is, has been updated, is it new? Because well, do we have a chef? I mean, it was... Something smelled really good. It made me really hungry. So for people listening, they can come down and eat while they're here, too. Oh, yes, yes. Our cafe is newly renovated. They just opened up in uh, February, and they've been going nonstop. The cafe is is um, has been upgraded to new features, new equipment, a new menu. Um, we try to include traditional food ingredients that are reminiscent of our ancient Chickasaw homeland that includes southwestern Kentucky, western Tennessee, northern Mississippi, and northwestern Alabama. So we, we will always have the uh, traditional Indian taco uh, alongside our very traditional Chickasaw dishes of uh, pashofa and uh, grape dumplings, which is a dessert. 
but we also wanted to uh, bring in some gourmet things using ancient ingredients, such as uh, we have an elk burger that's extremely popular. Uh, we have salmon, um, a salmon dish that's delicious. <laughs> we have, um, yeah, we still have our bison burger. And, yeah, we have venison stew. <laughs> so we're, we were trying to incorporate traditional ingredients like this into our dishes, but they are really gourmet. Do you have a favorite? My favorite is the salmon, actually. Okay. It's, it's excellent. Yeah. I'm going to have to come back multiple times because I can't eat all of those in one go. So <laughs> they all sound really, really good. I'm uh, Especially the, um, the elk burger sounds epic. Oh, yeah, that's really popular. Yeah, it sounds really good. You mentioned the store as well. Obviously, you guys got a store here, and the artists and the art that you have in the retail store. How do you kind of go about curating that store? And Because there's a lot of artists out there, and obviously they all do great work, but so it's kind of a challenge to just kind of pick some. You can't Sadly, you can't have all of them. So what's the process of picking those artists and curating the store and, and some of the things that maybe people, if they come down, can look for in the store as well? Well, the Achampa gift shop, um, it features items. Uh, it had the original intent of just uh, focusing on Chickasaw artistry, um, such as paintings and sculptures and carvings and books, jewelry and beaded items and traditional clothing. Uh, but we have... There is a limit on the um, what we feature in that store. Yeah, we try. We are trying to keep it uh, southeastern. Do you have um, obviously? There's plenty of acreage around here and a lot of stuff to do. Do you have a kind of a favorite part of the facility? No, I no. don't have a favorite. I've gotten asked that before, and uh, everywhere I go, you know, on this campus. It's just, I don't know, it's its just breathtaking. Mm-hmm. There's not a corner here that's not decorated yeah. with plant. that's not decorated with plants, or you can go into a crevice and there's going to be a plant, a beautiful plant sitting there. So yeah. there's every, every space here is, is uh, we have the original goal of, trying to make it like a home mm-hmm. for not just our Chickasaw citizens, but just a home for our history and culture to share who we are. Yeah. So. And and the to that point, the goal, obviously, is to when people come here is to when they feel enriched and understand and it, it just be educated um, and obviously well-fed because the cafe is a huge draw too. But just to be educated on, on things that, you know, they might not see a normal school or on the internet or whatever. I mean, it's just getting them to come here is the hardest part is probably getting them to get here, right? Once you get them here, then, you know, people get to, they understand why they came and they, they know it's worth it. Yes, we have an excellent marketing team that's uh, dedicated to us, mm-hmm. to the cultural mm-hmm. center that that works hard every single day to on be it online programming or you know uh, 
actual physical flyers that they pass out, mm-hmm. you know, that they actually drive and drop off at different sites. Um, so wh- when someone comes down here and they, they want to go on a tour, you mentioned people go on a lot of tours. What does that look like? And, and how, do you do multiple tours a day? Is there one kind of, is, when you go on a tour, is it of the entire facility or, or is it different tours for multiple different places? We have what we call educational tours as, uh, that are mainly uh, uh, streamlined for school kids. Mm-hmm. We have... We have what we call condensed tours for for groups that might not be able to spend a whole day here, but we know what features they need to see before leaving our campus. So we do have a few different types of tours, but uh, every tour that we give here gives the same overview now um, of educating who we are from the moment that you walk in. You know, there's a reason why our sidewalks are wavy and uh, not straight, straightforward and straight ahead. Uh, We have sculptures and statues that represent our history uh, that get explained about. uh, Even our plants, a lot of our plants are native to where we came from that were transplanted here. So, and then our exhibit hall is, it hits a home run. It's a, it's just a, a, a timeline of our whole history. And uh, you can take time and read every panel in there. It'll take you a few hours, but, you know, it's it's just a nice, very nice tour for you to just walk through. And you can see the time change. You can feel the history changing and progressing into until the very end where we show who we are today. Mm-hmm. And then we have our traditional village. Uh, our cultural resources team is extremely popular here with their stomp dance exhibitions. They give two a day, uh, one at 11 and one at 2 p.m. And weather permitting, they're always outside in the village. And if it's not, the weather's bad, they're inside the theater, but they always have a huge crowd. Uh, and that is just a demonstration you know, of of our stomp dances. So, and then we have the fixtures down there that replicate what our village would have looked like uh, back in the 1700s. Um, and uh, but and then we, you know, we, of course we have our theater and cafe and the building that we're in right now um, is. Uh, houses our library mm-hmm. where people can come in and and look at our books and it's not a checkout library um, but and they can also research genealogy okay yeah no details left unturned right no details left unneeded or unwanted like, like oh, you no. we have a very is, qualified staff yeah that can help you. It makes sense why it took seven years as well to, to kind of get everything together because, you know, if you're going to do it once, you do it right. And, and you know, just by researching and talking to the right people and gaining information and, you know, making sure that you know you've done everything that you need to and you're not 
you know, you don't want any surprises when you get here and they go, oh, we forgot this, you know, that, that, there's none of that. And I love that because when you're doing something that means so much, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Yes. You just get it right. Mm-hmm. Keep adding to it. And, you know, like I said, you, it, it finishes right now with where we are today, but that is going to come a point in time when, you know, 10, 20, 50 years from now, then that's going to be a point on the map and then you keep moving that forward. So, Oh yeah. We're making history today even. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, uh, we're living history here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you allowed to bring pets? No. No dogs? No. Okay. Uh, unless they are service sure. dogs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but our security is always around mm-hmm. to. Mm. Yeah. that I mean, some, I'm just thinking people travel with, with, you know, dogs or whatever, and they might be road tripping and. Yeah. You know, know, I hate that. Um, I hate that because we do get a lot of folks that might not look at our website Mm -hmm. that might not read our signs. We have signs at the front. We have signs before you come into the campus and, um, you know, we try to accommodate Mm -hmm. everybody. So, Really, our aim here is just to tell the Chickasaw story and preserve tribal culture for the future generations. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, you know, I can see why, you know, like we were talking about, and to clear this up for people, because that might have been confusing for me the way I was saying it, but from groundbreaking it takes to opening, it took seven years, but obviously this was in the planning for a very long time. Talks were going on, and that's something I love. It's just, you know, I, I... People who throw things together because there is a deadline drives me nuts. <laughs> Everyone has a deadline, I'm sure. But at the same time, like, and obviously there's certain things that have to be done. And But when it, in the context of a cultural center, right, if it's a building that has to go up in a certain time or a school, I get it. It's fine. But in the context of what we're talking about today, the fact that they were having this conversation, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, and now, you know, and it takes seven years from groundbreaking to opening day, I think that's just yeah. proves what it proves that you know it's it's worth coming to see it. It's got to be done. Um, even just the sculptures I saw walking in, and and I kind of pass. So the the Chickasaw Community Bank that just opened, I pass that daily on the turnpike mm-hmm. up in Oklahoma City, and the sculpture that is also now outside of that building, yeah, it's worth just pulling up just to see it because mm-hmm. it isn't you know. And I was at Bedre a couple of months ago talking to Kay. And again, saying, you know, it's just not too far down the road from here. Um, also, great plug. You should go get chocolate there because it's incredible. Uh, you know, like there, there's not just other things to see, like even just coming and, and taking a photo in front of those sculptures, like they're really cool to see. They are. They are. Um, I have a huge appreciation for art. Uh, uh, so, you know, Somebody says art is life. I agree with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just prevalent here. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to even be the sculpture. It could be something else. You know, it could be um, something that's in our exhibit hall, you know, that's maybe a replica of a traditional weapon that we use. But to me, that's even a piece of art. Mm-hmm. The way that they used weapons and um or the the way that they constructed their weapons Mm -hmm. the chickasaws and their the gardening the ancient gardening tools that our horticulture team can still use today 
Yeah. You know, they don't use it every day, but they take it out at special events and stuff yeah. and demonstrate how they're able to actually work with ancient gardening tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing like how important just a place and a facility like this is. People, I think, probably take that for granted when they might visit and they or they might even see it, like I said, on the news or on social media or wherever it's been marketed, I think they take for granted just the value. And we have what, so similar to this, we have one back in Wales. Um, and every time my, my in-laws come to town, we go there cause it's something different. They change exhibits, but for the most part, it is like, you know, small, it's a timeline, right. Of like towns and villages and thatched roofs and all these tiny, you know, people making stuff. And it's been there forever and it's so valuable. And the same thing, kids taught all the stuff. And, I just think of like the amount of time you go there and you see something different, but you learn so much. You're not going to learn everything in one day. That's why it's valuable to keep coming back. Yes. If you stay here, uh, it'll take about six or seven hours if you want to see every little thing. And like I said, read every little panel and do every part of the programming that we offer on campus. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, so if you're here that long, the cafe places like the cafe is integral mm-hmm. to your visit because you're going to get you're going to have to eat and drink something during that time. Yeah. So it's uh, it all works here. Mm-hmm. It's it's all in one place. It's all in one campus. That uh, yeah. it's uh, it's one of the best places to work. Yeah, I, I can see that. That, um, I mean, you've been here, you know, for quite some time. So, like you said, it's it's you know, it's not just you've seen and done everything and been to every department. And you know, the fact that you're still here speaks volumes for for like what you just said. Of it's a great place to work. I love being here. Oh. Finishing up, uh, you know, a lot of people see stuff on Instagram, social media, and that's primarily kind of where I push a lot of my stuff to. And most people see the podcast from from the Instagram and social media. What has that been like over your time kind of and with your, you know, film and background and, and journalism background, the fact that you can utilize a free platform like social media to push things out and, and to generate a buzz and to tell stories. What has that been like from just kind of the, how has that changed since graduation to seeing the social media thing come up to now? The social media thing is uh it's quite awesome because you can reach people everywhere, everywhere. However, I'm still a small town girl. Yeah. I still believe in uh, local marketing as well. Um, even though we reach all these folks from across the world, they might not all get to come, you know, here in person. But... The, per, the people that live in this town or a couple of towns away or, you know, even as far as Oklahoma City and Tulsa, they have the means to come down here, you know, or they're within proximity. So I do believe in, in uh, local marketing strategies and, and uh, getting the word out and... Um, even national, we uh, even though we social media has helped us tremendously because we do see people from everywhere. But I do, uh, I still believe in that that localized market. Yeah, so. yeah, because like I said, they daily they might come in to eat at the cafe 
yes. a few times a week. Or oh, yeah, we get, you know? yeah, we have that. We have a lot of folks that come here just for the cafe. Mm-hmm. Zero. So, yeah. And since we've opened in 2010, you know, we've had over 920,000 visitors. And we are shooting for that million mark. Yeah. So... Will you get there by the end of this year, or by, by what's kind of the average every year? Of course, we're going to shoot for it by the end of the year, but I can't say that, yeah. you know, if we're going to get it or not. But, yeah, that's, we like to push ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to share some stories and kind of educate people on just how awesome this place is, the importance of it, and, and, and just the value that, you know, people driving down I-35 should just take the exit, come out here for a few hours, eat some great food, learn some things, and, and take a wander around the uh, the 184 acres you guys have out here. So <laughs> it's fantastic. And see some of that stomp dancing too. Yes. Which is great. Yes. Thank you, Mike. Cool. So people listening, I will put a link. I'll put the links and the, the content information uh, that Fran mentioned. And yeah, we will catch you next episode. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sure, an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor. They do amazing things for the state, and they're always sponsoring something in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma, and without their support, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them, do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This episode is presented by the Choctaw Nation. The Choctaw people have a rich history and a bright future. At the Choctaw Cultural Center, you can take part in a story 14,000 years in the making. Stroll through our immersive exhibits portraying Choctaw life from the moment our ancestors emerged from the Nani Weha in Mississippian homelands to the Trail of Tears, where we lost so many loved ones, and finally to the modern-day tribe making a positive impact on local communities throughout southeastern Oklahoma. Try your hand at our social dancing and stickball and learn more about our vibrant culture through demonstrations, workshops, and classes. The kids will have a blast in our Luxie Activity Center. The Choctaw Cultural Center is more than a museum. It's a living, breathing experience. Visit ChoctawCulturalCenter.com to plan your visit. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.